and welcome back to the Underground Magnolia Podcast, conscious entertainment for your soul, with me, the one and only Desiree Avalto in the whole wide world. You're listening to the sounds of Jazz Addict's intro by Cosimo Fog. This is part two of the Insecure Season 4 Decompression. In part one, I spoke with my millennial daughter, Simone, and her two friends, Amanda, her BFF, and Daniel, a newer pal and colleague. They are back for part two and rep today's woke, black, and Latino young people. All college grads, they live in Los Angeles and Seattle area and work in tech and media. Simone, my daughter, is the conscious black woman. Her girl, Amanda, is a Latina who loves the show. And Daniel adds that black male perspective. Later, I'll give you a black mom's overall viewpoint, and that would be me, of Insecure and in my encounter with the celebrity segment, it's all about Yvonne Orji, who plays Molly on the show. Hear about her first comedy special, and nope, it's not the one currently on HBO. So, back to part two of the Insecure season four wrap-up with my daughter and friends. Let's listen in. So what about Nathan, played by Kendrick Sampson? So he came back into her life this season, this season after ghosting her when she thought their relationship was getting serious. And this season we found out uh, that Nathan lost contact because he admitted to suffering from depression and apparently is bipolar, which is a mental illness with extreme mood swings one day or one minute. You could be up and next you could be down. So what do you guys think about this whole mental illness angle and, and he's and he's a black man admitting to this. And as we know, when black and Latino cultures, you know, this is something we're getting a little better at it, but it's still, you know, we, we still kind of shy away from it. So this is kind of a, it's a good step in the right direction. So Daniel, let's get your perspective first as, as a black man. Uh, and then Kendrick, uh, Nathan is admitting to, that he is depressed and he has bipolar. What, what do you think about this whole scenario? in season four um yeah definitely happy to see i think that kind of seeing him being open and vulnerable about it you know i'm glad it's a topic that they kind of you know touched on a little bit um yeah you don't really i think at least amongst my friends we could probably have these issues and i'll never fucking know but uh i think it'd be interesting in in terms of i think if he's trying to kind of figure it out with Issa. i mean on one hand i think he's showing that he's trying to do the work of you know opening up and being honest and that I think I think it's clear enough that if they were to try to do something that is something Issa has to be careful of and I think Nathan kind of knows that too he knows he's messed up and you know I think he would be more intentional about doing the work rather than when he sees this kind of happens again you know kind of being open and honest about it so I like it I like that you know he's kind of trying to actually be open about it and admitting it all right Simone I agree. I think it's great to be honest, but what I thought was interesting about him was actually nothing related to um, the mental illness, but related to the entitlement he felt. And, like, it's kind of like what I call a little bit, like, the good guy syndrome, where people are like, oh, I'm a good guy, therefore I'm entitled to girls just, like, wanting to like me. So it's kind of like, I've done the work, therefore... I'm expecting us to pick up just like where we left off. And so like his reaction to being like, Oh, like you're back with someone else and you're not, you know, back thing out with me and stuff like that. Like, I definitely do think that she let him on a little bit. 
but you know i think that you do see that a lot in in those quote unquote like nice guys who use that as a way to be like well of course you would like me and like be surprised when it's like you could be a nice guy and you know and we could still you know just be friends you know or it's going to take more than that you know amanda yeah, I definitely, um, I see that, and I I just felt like, uh, I guess in terms of the script, um, it was treated a lot like a, a, sub, a subplot, very much like um, uh, Tiffany's postpartum. Mm. Um, so I, I hope that they can, I guess, flesh that out a little bit if they are going to bring him back and if he is going to be a love interest of Issa's. Um, but I also agree with Simone and I think that it's a little problematic, um, of him to, yeah, kind of like have this feeling of being surprised of, you know, Issa's moved on. She's back with her ex because him ghosting her also affected her. And we saw how it affected her last season and left her wondering and, you know, kind of affected her ideas on love and dating. So, um, it's also something to consider and it's kind of hard to just feel bad for him and not consider um, Issa's feelings and what him not speaking up the first time around left her with and the emotional kind of baggage that left her with. I just want to say one more thing. I am glad to answer your original question. I'm glad that it's being addressed because you're right that in the communities, you know, in many communities, you know, it's just not something that's talked about. So the fact that it's on a more mainstream platform, regardless of his other tendencies not related to that, the fact that that is something that they're writing in, you know, I agree with Amanda, you know, I hope it's something that explores more than just like a plot device, you know, because it is important to be talked about. After this short music break, I'll be back. Welcome back with part two of my insecure wrap-up with my daughter Simone and her friends Amanda and Daniel. Now, while we did talk about that kind of surprise potentially heartbreaking season four ending, since some of you may not be caught up just yet with the show, I don't want to spoil anything. With that said, let's jump back into their conversation and see how insecure affects their lives. And then what does um, Insecure as a totality represent for you? It seems like, uh, I mean, it seems like a love letter to L.A. I'm not from there, so I can't speak on, you know, how accurate the portrayal is. But it seems to be just a love letter to L.A., you know, and just Black culture. And I think that's the Black experience. So dating, you know, when it comes to, you know, certain tent issues within, you know, kind of experiencing life with, non-people of color, kind of talking that a little bit, you know, growing and then growing as a person and what that means for your friendships and relationships. So I think it tries to touch on all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, Amanda, since he did mention and Simone mentioned the different cultures, do you think that because the show is based in Los Angeles, it should have uh, more Latino representation? 
Uh, I think it would be cool, and I think maybe they're trying to bring in, like, more different representation, like, starting with Andrew, um, or not sure, maybe if there's another character that's, like, um, dual, like, uh, mixed, I don't think so, I'm not sure, but I think it would be cool, I think it would be interesting, Um, but I think to answer your question, uh, being from LA originally, I insecure to me. I think it's a show that it, it makes me feel, you know, seen, even though it is, you know, predominantly black show about the black experience. It, I do definitely see like myself in some of the experiences, and I think that's why I like it and I follow it because I, I just, you know, I enjoy the different scenarios. I'm definitely like, okay, I've been in that situation and definitely been confused, definitely been ghosted by someone and it's just it's very typical LA it's very typical LA men and women and dating so I think um yeah there is like some authenticity and I I appreciate that so that's sort of what insecure is for me all right and Simone no I agree I feel like a lot of other forms of media have like a very a very binary view of female friendships and this is why I think I can, I think the show speaks beyond the black community because it's like most other shows are just like either girls are really good friends or girls really mean to each other, you know. And I feel like this show, like I always joke, like it's called insecure, not secure. Like you physically feel awkward watching it because it's like poking at all the little like nuances and things that we've all gone through, but like yeah. people don't talk about, you know. And so it's like, oh, like I've had this or I felt this you know um and so that's why you know it's it's like you get disappointed in molly because like you know you can see part of yourself in molly but then it's like then she does something ridiculous and it's like why you know <laughs> um but i think it's a testament to the show and how much it speaks to real people that the characters that the main characters evoke such like passionate response like online you know i think that's really what that energy kind of represents because they are, you know, they are real. They are real people in in the sense. This is it's a lens for uh, millennials and and young people, especially young people of color. You're you're looking you're looking at your, at yourself, and I think this is one of the more popular shows um, where it actually where it actually does that. And um, and it you know it's it's realist it's realistic. You know, some of the other shows. Uh, that that come on, you know, it doesn't really speak to that experience, especially to to the experience of uh, people of color. So, all right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Well, that's it for the convo on Insecure Season 4 with my millennial daughter and friends. I hope to have them back soon. I'll be right back after this short music break with my Black Mom perspective on Insecure. Welcome back. Alrighty, so Insecure has been quite the roller coaster for me as a black mom watching it. When the show first came on, I couldn't get into it. It's not that I didn't like the premise of young black folks from Los Angeles, uh, rather Inglewood, dealing with relationships and the ups and downs of them, but there was something about the feel of the show that I didn't like and couldn't quite put my finger on. 
Then the constant N-word with the A, of course, at the end of it, drove me crazy. Just nuts. I don't use the word and couldn't stand it being thrown around like that. In addition, I couldn't really understand what the characters were saying and had to turn on closed captions, you know, where the words pop up on the screen so that I could decipher what the heck they were talking about. But my daughter, Simone, who you heard with her friends discussing season four, told me that I'm being overcritical and that there's nothing wrong with the show. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, of course, I know many black folks use the N-word with the A at the end. And that's how it is. Oh, well, I just have to get over it. So after I let myself watch and start to enjoy the show, I was hooked. Hooked on the relationships with Issa and Molly and Tiffany and Kelly with Lawrence and Nathan and everyone else in between. In many instances, the show was, is a cautionary tale of what not to do in relationships like with Molly having sex with a married friend and Issa's awkwardness at work and with Lawrence and other missteps with men. Yep, I was, am always screaming at my TV, why, 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 makes me think of damn, 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 like Florida in good times from that famous scene. As for season four, it was just simply too short with a lot thrown in and not a lot of time to digest. The season felt rushed with the list of things that it needed to tackle. One, Issa and Molly's friendship put to a test. Two, bring back Lawrence, sort of. Three, get Molly a boyfriend who understands her. Four, bring Nathan back. Five, give Tiffany a child to make her whole again. Too much? and not enough time. Tiffany and Kelly's characters were afterthoughts and they did not deserve that. Hopefully the loose ends will make way for better development of the storylines and characters for the upcoming season five. And as usual, I'll be watching. Now, before I end, this black mom, that would be me, wants to know what's up with all of that distracting music. There must be 20 songs in every show. Yes, my millennial daughter. Tells me to get a grip and enjoy. Okay, 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 I'll try. After this short music break, I'll be back with my encounter with the celebrity, Insecure's Yvonne Berkey. Welcome back to my encounter with the celebrity segment. Yvonne Orji is my celeb this time. She has become a household name because of her breakout role as the hotshot attorney Molly on Insecure, of course. Not bad for the Nigerian-American actress. When I first heard that Orgy was going to be on Insecure, I was so happy for her. But boy, was I in shock when I tuned into the Black Girl Magic sex bomb doing her thing in 2016. This seemed to be in high contrast to the innocent, funny, an intelligent young woman I met as a producer at a small network based in North Hollywood, California, focusing on African content. About six years earlier, the network I was with came up with the idea to give African comedians their own stand-up show, and Yvonne Orji was one of them. That's right, her first TV special was on the small network where she told many the same stories you can currently hear on her new HBO comedy special that debuted in June. I remember Orji is a very nice young woman that I had a connection with because my husband is also Nigerian. While I haven't seen her since her insecure days, I'm sure if and when we meet again, she is still the same, but just older and wiser. 
Thank you for listening to my Underground Magnolia podcast with me, Desiree Valto, the only Desiree Valto in the whole wide world. Hit me up on my website at undergroundmagnolia.com or email me at contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. My website again, undergroundmagnolia.com. My email is contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. My opening and closing music is Jazz Addicts Intro by Cosimo Fogg. Find it at soundcloud.com slash Cosimo dash Fogg. That's soundcloud.com slash Cosimo dash Fogg with two G's. And the other music was Check the Glove Box by Otis Galloway. That's Check the Glove Box by Otis Galloway. Now you can find him on Spotify, but his link is too long to say here. So check him out. You can find his information on my website. Just go to the show notes and um, read them and you'll see them at the end. And you can, if you can't find him on Spotify, then definitely go to my website so you can find him. Until next time, this is Desiree Valto for Underground Magnolia. Conscious entertainment for your soul. That's me. That's the podcast. 